Once again, to the Kyle Style Podcast. A little little positivity, some positive vibes for you. Got some very negative things going on in the world, and I wanted to turn it around and uh, kind of point to some more positive things for the holiday season. So we got some... We've got some really good things that are happening um, in the last few weeks. And, you know, I guess it's about a month now, really. Um, some of these major headlines, anyway. To to counterbalance against the, I don't know, looks like World War Three starting in the Middle East. Looks like eh, the, the media at least would like us to believe there's going to be a race war happening here in America. But there's these positive, just some positivity happening. And it comes in the form of uh, well, at least a few headlines I bre- uh, breezed through and a couple, um, you know, there's actual news stories there. And you got to put these things together into a larger context. Now, recently, the Mexican government declared use of marijuana to be a human right. Now, this has to have some kind of effect on the cartel activity, right? They're either shitting themselves, thinking, uh-oh, is all the revenue is going to dry up because no one's going to be buying our weed anymore, um, or they're going to maybe try to take their opera- operations legit, right? Now, that has to have some kind of effect on all the violence and everything that we see along the border with the drug smuggling and everything else. You couple that with, there's at least some states here in the U.S., you could call them free states if you want, um, that have legalized marijuana. Uh, Washington, Colorado, Oregon, California. There's There's been other ballots in other states, but uh, there there will be more. Especially when that tax revenue comes in, they'll they'll come around one way or another. Obama has said, you know, it's like a lower priority for law enforcement. And there's been some backlash recently against, uh, I think it was the FDA saying, uh, an FDA uh, head saying that, uh, you know, there's no medical use for marijuana. And there was like a big backlash saying, uh, yeah, actually there is. So that's another 
step. And the recently elected uh, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau came out publicly and said, you know, uh, he would like to see lawmakers across Canada kind of just come out and let's get the ball rolling on this marijuana thing and get it legalized. Now, these are all positive changes. Now, why are they positive changes? On the one hand, if you can legitimize, say, like in, like I said, in Mexico, you can legitimize the cartel's activities, maybe that will reduce some of that violence that we're seeing. Now, here in America, more states need to adopt this because it's just going to start traveling around from state to state. You can't really, once we have domestic growing and, you know, high quality stuff, it's just going to keep going from state to state. So you might as well uh, legalize it in your state and collect the revenue from that as opposed to collecting the revenue from the arrests that you make. But anyway, the goal has has been stated at least here in the states that we should you know let the aha the free market dictate whether or not people are consuming marijuana and yeah i'm looking at you republicans you know you want to hold this hard line about marijuana specifically and it's just completely it's a you can't overdose on marijuana. It's kind of been with us since the dawn of civilization is kind of my understanding. You have, uh, there's medical uses and industrial uses, and we reduce criminality, right? I think it's important to, uh, I think it's important to note that we now have in the U.S. more people locked up right than were ever locked up in soviet russia right now granted there's population difference i'm sure but uh, size difference but i'm going to repeat that because i think it's important we now have more americans behind bars we incarcerate more people than the rest of the world we have more people come incarcerated than were ever incarcerated in stalinist russia Okay, that's sort of our reality, and a big part of that is this somewhat misguided war on drugs. Right? We've we've uh, for what a generation and a half, call it two generations maybe. I mean, since Nixon, uh, I think, started with the war on drugs, we've been pursuing this policy of you know zero tolerance and all the just say no nonsense that I grew up with, which is basically akin to the. <laughs> is akin to the uh, abstinence-only sex education, which, you know, does nothing. It's not effective. But things are changing a little bit, and this is good. This is a good thing. The, even the UN has uh, acknowledged that uh, maybe they need to change their approach to, you know, drug trafficking and drug use and you know, the, the health risks and everything else. And even in Portugal, they uh, recently, uh, this was actually like a year or so ago, this is like old news, they 
legalized all drugs and they took all the money that they were going to put towards uh you know criminal prosecution and everything and they put it towards you know treatment and and uh that the sort of social and personal side of it where people learn to deal with addiction and manage their their drug use and be part of so a part of society rather than um yeah, as a you know criminal or punitive action where you incarcerate and you know i guess they sober up in jail but in prison there's still drugs in prison so it doesn't actually work um or to you know punish them for it so there there's all these there's these good things happening now uh, on the other hand there's a downside and this downside is it's relatively minor in comparison uh, but I, I would frame it this way. Our, our culture now, we, the way we view the 1920s, the Roaring Twenties, the uh, Prohibition Era, right? Which we... Can I go back another step? I mean, we, we passed the... We amended our own constitution to allow for the restriction of alcohol, Right? Uh, that was how serious the sort of prohibition movement was, or how legitimate it seemed at the time, anyway. We pro we prohibited outlawed alcohol, right? And the result was, uh, all the alcohol production and transportation and even the servicing went underground to where you have, uh, where you had. Uh, you know, uh, speakeasies and bootleggers and rum runners and all that stuff, which also birthed NASCAR in a, in a weird way, people fixing up cars to be able to outrun the police. But we... Th that era doesn't make any sense unless it's in a context where you take into account the legality aspect that it was, uh, you know, Prohibition era, the alcohol was illegal, there was a lot of sort of black market money on the line so then it, so then it makes sense to you know uh, we gotta fit him with some cement shoes see and make him sleep with the fishes and we're gonna run from these john q laws we gotta run this bootleg gin into town i hope that there was at least i hope there was at least like one guy that talked like that uh but the the the, the result was people kept drinking you just had to like pay more for it, and the the market went underground, and you had violence, you had uh, different mafia and criminal syndicates battling it out and massacring each other, and uh, it was also danger to law enforcement, and the net result was there was no change in the you know not really in the amount of alcohol consumed. Now we're facing the same thing with marijuana, and this is this is the downside here is there's a there's a huge body of uh, of art and music and even film that will kind of be inaccessible to a a younger generation a new generation you know 20 years from now a lot of our movies and music and stuff won't make sense now one of the underlying issues here is from, I mean, at least the 60s, you know, and you kind of had the hippie culture and the counterculture thing here in the States. We 
there there has been an underground uh marijuana culture and it's been it's literally kind of in some cases been underground like they people made uh, you know grew marijuana plants in their basements people have been smoking weed they've been growing weed they've been selling weed for you know decades now for 50 years and the there there's like a momentum there where there there had to be popularizers right there were uh you know there's movies and sort of like comedies and things like half-baked and you even have kind of like bob marley kind of representing that thing but one of the downsides to the success and the kind of mainstream social success of marijuana legislation is that we've lost the we have lost or will lose the connection to one of my favorite uh, bands from the late '90s and early aughts, the Cottonmouth Kings. And you're like, Kyle, who the hell are the Cottonmouth Kings? Because you may not have heard of them. So the Cottonmouth Kings are a psychedelic punk rock hip hop group from uh, Southern California. They've been releasing albums since the late '90s. Uh, they they are you know it's it's literally is a fusion it's rip hop it's punk rock and hip hop and this band it's weird because they they never hit that mainstream success partially because of their open uh endorsement of the marijuana but then they also uh had a a different sound it's hard to you know it's not a genre sound so it's a fusion of genres so it's kind of a crossover thing it's hard to market maybe but i mean codmouth kings were they they did work with uh they did tracks with cypress hill they toured with cypress hill i think they toured with uh and did tracks with uh, uh tech nine and insane clown posse uh other other groups and you know who are the codmouth kings it's like well there's it was kind of a kind of a, a large band really there was Daddy X, who was kind of the mastermind, uh, or the, the sort of senior member. D-Loke, who D-Loke was like a rapper, and I think he sang, but I, I don't think he had the voice for singing. I think he I think he was mostly just a rapper and did the kind of scream rock parts of the of the the rock aspect of the songs. Then you had Johnny Richter, and Johnny Richter I definitely was a singer, but he was also a rapper. Live my life. 
There was uh, Lou Dog, who was a drummer, who had a uh, he was he always had like a cool drum kit setup that he would that he would play on. Then you had these sort of uh, more I guess flamboyant members like uh, uh, Taxman, and Taxman was like a face painted, spike haired like he, he had like Liberty spikes. He had big punk rock spikes on it in his hair. And he would like yell through a mic, uh, megaphone, at the shows. And he was like a you know uh, uh, corporate avenger, like a, you know fight the man kind of anarchist kind of. Visual assassin, Pakalika. And Pakalika was, you know, like they called him the visual assassin. He was he was not a vocalist, he was just a stage presence. And he would uh, break dance and pop and lock and he would hold up signs and things and just kinda help amp the crowd up. And then backing it all was uh was a DJ Bobby B. And he was uh I feel like he was a, a fairly respected DJ in his own sense. I mean, he, he mixed a lot of hip-hop and reggae and everything. But, you know, he would live mix the shows. And um, did he did work on his own solo projects or whatever with uh, known uh, reggae artists and whatnot. Now, the, the, the greater context here is that a lot of their songs are they are pro marijuana. It's like they have these songs that are like, you know, free the plant kind of, and, uh, you know, we're, we're freedom fighters and we're like rebels and we're, you know, fighting the system, fighting the state. And you, I, like, I get how, again, like I said, like if you, in the future, you might not have that connection, right? They sort of, have now lost the narrative a little bit where um you know you you're not a rebel or you're not a uh, you're not fighting the system when you you know smoke weed or buy weed you're you're not buying it from a guy you're buying it from a store and it's like taxed and grandma can go down the street and uh buy an eighth of hindu kush and it's the best weed that's you know ever been grown and it's not uh it's not a, there's not a rebel component to it anymore there's not a counterculture element to it anymore but the um 
And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cottonmouth Kings, as a band, they have gone through a rough patch. They, um, I don't know, somebody, they had some money issues or something. Uh, one, Johnny Richter decided to leave and do a solo thing. Um, Pacalica, may he rest in peace. He died a couple years back. You had Taxman, he left the group a while back. And so this, you know, new lineup, they added a guy named Dirtball, who's kind of like a fast rapping, fast rapping kind of guy. Check this. So many friends that I know have suffered the lies of government strangle. Pinned to the ground, illegally bound, they never be angled. Even the lawmakers making the laws are smoking the bong and vaping the chronic. And nobody hearing the voice of the weed, I find it ironic. So how do we govern the danger of not becoming too hostile? Not losing the mind, not crossing the line, not feeling colossal. There's only one avenue we can be sure that we're getting our justice. The legalization, love of the weed, they trying to bust us. They are, they have some, they had a new album out this year, but it's just kind of different, you know? And it's just kind of, it's kind of sad when you have a band, you know, they, they make good songs for a long time and then there's like rock band drama, right? And then it kind of derails them and they, they, they can't keep making music, right? And this, it's sort of a, interesting kind of times they are a changing kind of thing because I was into them when I was younger and that was that would have been shit back in 2000 2001 that kind of thing and I remember listening to their album Rolling Stone probably it was like maybe 2002 and we had just kind of come through 9-11 and they had this song they had this song Positive Vibes where they uh, and they kind of addressed uh, the you know 9/11, but in kind of a tasteful way. I felt like it was a tasteful. or you start to realize that uh you you know if i was if i'm old if i'm older now right and my you know priorities have changed my life has changed and the world has changed then you know maybe it changed for them as well and now they're they're even older right and their you know their priorities are different and so it causes like conflict and everything but uh but i can't help but see that they, you know, they, they lost the narrative in the same sense that they promoted marijuana use and they kind of helped, I don't know, they were at least part of kindling that fire of that underground culture to keep marijuana use alive and, uh, you know, promote it as a positive lifestyle. Um, they, we now have reached that. We've now reached it where it's finally become legitimized and they will suffer the consequences of that, which is that's, again, the downside to uh, that that success of our 
I guess call it democracy. And it's kind of a, a success of democracy because we, we the people wanted it. Law enforcement were, would be against it. You know, the authorities were against it. Government was just geared up to be against it. You have DEA and all these other people have careers on the line uh, maintaining the illegality of marijuana. But we, we won by hook or by crook or by whatever. We finally got it in there and now you can go to a open dispensary and just buy marijuana and it's a victory um but there are casualties and the casualties are losing that connection to that prohibition era vibe or mentality um a lot of the content won't make sense again it won't make sense to then another generation or another time you know you'd be like Daddy, why why does you know like why is the man in the song saying free the plant, you know? And then you have to like explain it and and you have to be like, Well, you know, back when it was back when marijuana was illegal, you you had to like you had to have a guy, right? And you had you had your guy and you would like call your guy and then maybe your guy wouldn't answer or then he would, but then he'd be like, Oh, I'm in some other town or I'll meet you at this time, and then he actually means like an hour later than that actual time. And then you meet him, and you don't really know what you're going to get. You're just buying like some weed from a guy in a parking lot. And then maybe if you find like a different guy, you don't know if that guy's shady because this is all kind of, you know, under the table and this is all, you know, illegal. So they can rob you. And there's not exactly anything you can say about it. You can't go to the cops and say, oh, I was trying to buy weed and this guy robbed me. So the whole vibe and the whole environment in which a lot of these, this uh, sort of the marijuana culture has been cultivated, <laughs> cultivated for the last, you know, 50 years is now going to change. And there will be a transition period where you know that we we lose some of these little these little cultural nuances and everything and we just move forward and again uh, the, so the cottonmouth kings they you know they kind of broke up this this year and you know the kings are dead long live the kings right uh they represent a time and a place where we we weren't doing the, the the correct thing as a country, but maybe as individuals we were doing the correct thing. And we, I don't know, I guess we, it's, it's the way of things to all move forward and everything, but we maybe we'll always have the music and we'll be able to move forward with what the the real message and the real intention of it all is which is to live in a better world live better lives um, have more freedom and feel better treat each other better and we move forward in the world with hopefully more kindness and we can create the kind of world that we all would like to live in and create a world that you know that we can proudly hand down to the next generation
So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kyle Style Podcast. Um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, go to the GoFundMe page, throw me a dollar, um, and check back with me again. I'm going to hope to get another episode up this week. I'm kind of slacking a little bit. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll, I'll let the Cottonmouth Kings uh, play me out. It's never too late, it's never too late now